Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. This is Chico Leo, welcoming you to another Fan Bros special delivery. Um, as I fly high above the Brooklyn night, I can only point out that, yes, it's true. Sean Penn beat Fan Bros to the El Chapo interview. Um, we were trying to lock that down. Didn't happen. Sean Penn beat us to it. Um, maybe next time. But, um, yeah. So I'm here to talk about TV has started up again in 2016. Uh, last week, Illawaisi and I were just sort of reminiscing about what was to come um, TV-wise, and we did forget, and Illa pointed it out right after we finished recording, and someone else did on Twitter that we forgot to shout out Better Call Saul, which was definitely one of the best new shows of last year, and we're all looking forward to the return uh, sometime in the next month. But, um, yeah, things have started up again fast and furious. Uh, Supergirl returned with Blood Bonds. And I gotta say, like The Flash, um, Supergirl has definitely crept up on me. I, I think it might be my second favorite uh, superhero show. It's surpassed uh, Arrow, which never reached the heights again uh, that it did second season. And it surpassed Gotham only because of Gotham's unevenness. There's been some really great stuff on Gotham and, you know, some not-so-great stuff on Gotham depending episode by episode and sometimes within the same episode. But Supergirl has really been consistently getting better with the superhero stuff, with its place in the DC Universe, with the characterization of the characters, and um, and the acting and the directing. And, and it's got, um, you know, every episode has, you know, one or two really good superhero scenes and one or two really good character acting scenes, which I think you could say about The Flash. So this week, Blood Bonds, which wasn't necessarily, you know, the greatest Supergirl episode, but we got um, we got an important explanation as to why Supergirl keeps her secret identity as Cara Danvers and works for Cat Grant as her assistant rather than going to work for um, whatever the, the off-brand Men in Black group, you know, uh, is it the DEO? Um and uh, they, they did a really good job of explaining that and getting out of the whole Cat Grant suspecting that Kara is Supergirl in this episode. So that was actually really important business. Um, she The episode opens up, uh, Kara's battling her uncle and um it well yeah it is her uncle it's her it's her it's her aunt's husband and her aunt is her mother's twin sister and hank henshaw also that we know as john jones has been kidnapped and the uncle wants to trade hank henshaw for astra who the deo has um imprisoned and they're torturing her by injecting her with kryptonite and all kinds of stuff um this episode also, uh, Supergirl learns that 
uh, Hank Henshaw is John Jones, and she uses John Jones's shape shifting, or she uses, you know gets John Jones to use his shape shifting ability to have Supergirl show up in the same place as Kara to convince Cat that in fact she is not Supergirl. Um, I think she actually Cat Grant. I mean, my take read on it is a Cat still su- suspects it and just thinks that she just pulled some kind of superhero Kryptonian chicanery. Um, so now, uh, everybody knows, or at least Supergirl and her sister Linda know that Hank Henshaw is John Jones. We're going to get more Martian Manhunter. Um, that only bodes well. And, um, yeah, so the big plot was that, uh, Supergirl basically went slightly rogue to, um, do a trade of Astra for Hank Henshaw. Mm-hmm. And um, also, there was a subplot involved uh, Jimmy Olsen in breaking into Maxwell Lord's company. So they're really positioning Maxwell Lord now to be an antagonist of Supergirl and maybe Cat Grant and maybe the DEO. Um, so a lot of business got taken care of. There was some good action. I also want to shout out the music on the show. I just think for, uh, you know... There's good TV superhero music on it, so I'm 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 definitely up on Supergirl. Um, it is a little bit of a surprise for an eight o'clock show on CBS, but um, yeah, there's that. And uh, finally, uh, after almost a year since it started shooting, and two years since it's been in development, MTV premiered Chronicles of Shannara this week. Chronicles of Shannara, unfortunately, is very yes and no. And it depends on who you are. For some people, it might be all no. The um, Chronicles of Shannara takes the Terry Brooks books, which started coming out in the 1970s with the Sword of Shannara, followed by the Elfstones of Shannara, followed by the Wish Song of Shannara, followed by, I think, 32 more books since then, all written by Terry Brooks, taking place in this universe. Now, it takes place in the future, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, after a nuclear war has annihilated humanity, and a sort of fantasy world has sprung up in in its place with gnomes, elves, trolls, magic, uh, most importantly, demons, and there are, there are humans. Um, this is basically marrying Twilight with Game of Thrones is the best way that I could describe it. And, you know, I only saw about 15 minutes of one Twilight movie and maybe three minutes of another one. So they're basically trying to um, get a whole rope in a whole bunch of younger viewers while still maintaining, you know, um, veracity to the source material. Which they do for the most part. This um, the Chronicles of Shannara is definitely um, channeling Elfstones of Shannara. It kind of skips over the events of Sword of Shannara, uh, which is the first one. So it's sort of starting with the second book. Um, it's very much you know the uh, CW formula. Very pretty white, young white people, a couple of token. There's a black elf uh, who has no lines but seems to be a character that we'll meet again. There's an Asian elf who has several lines, but other than that, there are no people of color in elfdom or in humanity uh, that we meet. Um, so that's some, unfo- and everybody's very, very, very pretty, um, both men and women. 
and it's a very uh, boilerplate high fantasy concept. Um, there's a, a magic tree, the Elkris, in the middle of the Elven Kingdom. And as long as the tree is healthy, there's a, an interdimensional prison. The tree serves as an interdimensional prison to hold demons that were defeated in the last war at bay. Suddenly, the tree is sick, and e with each leaf that falls off of the tree, a new demon comes back into our dimension. Um, the best thing about the show by far is Manu Bennett, uh, and if you go to fanbros.com, you can see my interview with him about uh, Chronicles of Shannara back uh, from Comic-Con in October, and he plays Alanon, the druid, um, he's very much your straightforward uh, Morpheus, Gandalf, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, th that figure, um, guiding our young uh, Will Omsford. Um, who's our hero and then there are two heroines there's obviously going to be a love triangle there's an elven princess and a rover girl and they're you know spunky YA you know boilerplate characters the CGI is not terrible but it's not good either it's definitely closer to um, Metal Herlant, if you watch that on the Sci-Fi Channel, which was among the worst uh, CGI I've ever seen. It's closer to that than it is to Game of Thrones. And um, that's unfortunate. I mean, look, there's CGI all over the place on Supergirl. When they show Krypton, the CGI is, you know, pretty blatant. Um, and so it, it is what it is. Uh, they're definitely in a CGI world and it's it's high fantasy you just don't get much of that that's basically the only yes it's high fantasy uh with um a pretty solid underpinning in in the whole shannara series i did read the first three books as a kid i read the first one sort of shannara several times um anyone who's into dungeons and dragons you know elves all of that stuff you're definitely there's there's a lot to like in here um Game of Thrones, I don't consider like true high fantasy because we've had 50 hours of Game of Thrones. And I think if you cobble together all the scenes of magic and dragons, um, as well as the fact that there aren't even really other races in the sense of like dwarves and gnomes and elves and all of that, um, and trolls, you, you really, you, you might not even have an hour of all that put together, which would be 2%. So Game of Thrones is sort of an anomaly in the fantasy world in that it is fantasy, but there's only a little bit. Oh, yeah, there's the White Walkers as well. But I, I feel like, um, you know, it's like Star Wars in that Star Wars has some science fiction in it, but isn't really hard science fiction, uh, if that makes sense. And um, uh, Manu Bennett is dope. Alanon is dope. I'm going to keep watching it, but I, I definitely can see people not getting sucked in or tuning out um they definitely are i think prioritizing getting the younger cw audience over necessarily pleasing the older you know fan bros who um you know read the stuff in the 70s and 80s and 90s although i and, and they're still they're still coming out today um the uh if you have the mtv app uh, the first four episodes are up on the MTV app. Uh, however, they have only uh, done the first one on actual TV. I'm just watching it that way. 
Um, another show that did that was The Expanse, which uh, came back this week with its fifth episode. They put the first four up on their on-demand channel to get you sucked in. Um, I did do that, and uh, it was a little jarring coming back three weeks later for the fifth episode, uh, Back to the Butcher. Um, this was good uh, This because this gave us backstory on some of the characters and some of the universe, and actually really was our uh, major introduction into Fred Johnson, who is uh, played by um, the Tyrese Cuddy. Is that, is that Chad, Chad Johnson? Um he is a sort of was an inscrutable character introduced last week or in the last episode and he um led in the past we found out this episode a contingent of space marines who actually massacred a group of miners and their families who were peacefully protesting so we don't know and 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 now he's inviting our heroes who are stranded or one one group of our heroes who are stranded uh to come to the, his base on Tycho. So we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. We don't know if he's a guy who did uh you know committed a terrible event uh, at the behest of the government and is now um you know working against the government. We're we're not sure what's going on with him. Um the show is going to really kick into gear. There's three separate stories going on, and we didn't even see anything from... This is the first time we didn't see anything from one of those stories, the one that actually is back on Earth. Um, the You know, when things start coming together and clicking into place, I think the show is going to kick into a new gear. As it is now, it's got some really good performances, some really good world building, and again, it's got a lot of potential. That potential definitely has to pay off... Both this season and I would say soon, since it's a 10-episode season, we've already had five episodes and the three stories, none of them have started really intersecting each other yet. And that's definitely going to need to happen. Um, but uh, that's Sci-Fi Channel and, uh, you know, they've uh, they've already renewed it for another season. So I, I have, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, com- I'm more, a lot more confident with The Expanse going forward than I am with Chronicles of Shannara. Um, also this week, oh, and the other thing to mention uh, about Chronicles of Shannara is that uh, one of the co-creators of Into the Badlands is, is actually one of the co-creators of Chronicles of Shannara. Um, but also this week, American Crime premiered the second season. I didn't watch the first season, but um, I know John Ridley uh, was the uh, screenwriter and creator uh, and showrunner, maybe, of, of that um, in the first season. I'm assuming it is in the second. It's a whole new story. Uh, the first episode got really good reviews. Uh, if anyone out there is watching it, definitely let us know at Fambro's Show uh, on Twitter. And, um, of course, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. Um Ash vs. Evil Dead ended last week, and, and, and some people out there have been asking us about it on Twitter. I gotta be honest, I, I like Sam Raimi in general. I like, uh, I love Bruce Campbell. I just could never get into that. I was not one of those people growing up who loved Evil Dead. Um, it's a tone thing for me. I just, I, I'm not... I'm not wild about comedy mixed with genre stuff. There are huge exceptions. I love Archer. I like the Venture Brothers. There's plenty of other, um, you know, I like Ghostbusters, but I don't know that I like Ghostbusters as much as everyone else does. Um, 
it becomes very difficult to to mix those and um so i just can't get into it um there's a campy element to it that that really rubs me the wrong way i gotta be honest even as a huge fan of buffy the vampire slayer the campier elements of the show got on my nerves there was a little less of that with angel um so i you know just camp and genre don't really mix for me and um you know there were some really humorous moments on fargo which i really liked but it wasn't camp it was a different kind of thing um so i'm sorry i did uh i did watch you know some of the pilot um i'm 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 very much behind it in theory but not in practice and that's just me and my you know my tastes i guess um so it's very possible that ash vs evil dead is a better show than chronicles of shannara but i'm going to probably watch i'm going to attempt to watch the first season of chronicles of shannara um if it gets worse i'm gonna drop it um but uh just because of it was what what it was ash vs evil dead wasn't for me <coughs> also this week um hbo released a cool uh documentary about j cole and the tour his tour for 2014 forest hills drive um and the uh documentary followed him uh forest hills drive homecoming uh when he came back to fayetteville and did a did his first uh hometown concert after making a big um and it was really good it was a great documentary um it was it was both a documentary of the tour or of the concert you know and and then the concert itself culminating with him bringing drake out and bringing jay-z out and there were a lot of interviews with uh, fans friends people who grew up with him um so i don't know if this was like a one-off thing or if they're going to do more documentaries like this for various artists um but yeah forest hills drive homecoming uh was really good and um i think you know that's that's about it for this week um the golden globes are on tonight uh sadly this is being recorded before they air but uh we will talk i guess about that uh on the regular episode i to be honest with you since crash won the best picture i basically have not been about the oscars and that was pretty much the last award show that i watched um I, I just think, you know, I think that too often they're too busy giving people awards to make up for the wrong awards that they gave last time around and that people are constantly getting awards to make up for something that they didn't get, you know, five years or ten years earlier. You know, you'll you'll never, you know, convince me that, you know, The Departed is the best picture that Martin Scorsese directed and yet that's the only one he has an Oscar for. Um, and it's also with a lot of these things... It requires time. You need to really look back to decide whether something is a classic or not. Um, and uh, so I, I just find it to be a very self-congratulatory, you know, bunch of horseshit, basically. So, you know, I'm sure we'll have comments on the Golden Globes. I, I, I won't be watching them. Um, and... Uh, yeah other than that uh you know let us know what you're watching in the new year and as always uh subscribe like us favorite us worship us and uh we'll uh, we'll see you next week Fair.